Cahill. Cahill! Sam Cahill has done it again! Alright, hello everyone and welcome back to episode 2 of On The Bench. My name is Joseph Esposito. Here again, same boys, Lockie, Stefan, I'm not going to say last name. Gilio, Gilio, bro, Gilio. It's alright, don't worry about it. All and good. Oliver, boys, how are we? Yeah, well, good, all good, all yes. Good. How's, yes. The how's the week been? Awesome, long weekend, huh? No matter if it's his first Grand Slam or his 20th, he's so emotional. Yeah, it's so passionate yeah. about it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. on the way over here. So it's class, man. When oh, he yeah, had that, God. when he did that speech and then was sobbing and the whole stadium oh, stood God. up and just clapped you. It was a special moment, man. Yeah. I just, I'm just so just happy. He just his class, the guy. He's not yeah, yeah. a legend. He's, he's up there. He's like, the goat, isn't he? He's no, the goat. He's the goat. The tennis of goat. He's the tennis of goat. Is that a sheep? Or was that a goat? That was a sheep. Uh, I, don't worry, I, I said he was the tennis of goat. Oh, All the right. tennis of goat. <laughs> tennis goat. goat. He is the goat of tennis. He is the goat of tennis. He All is. Right. He is. Well, let's kick it off. Let's do it. Get it going. Stay on well, track. Well, football. Yeah, we better stay here. So we're here for, isn't it? Talk a bit of soccer. Ooh, soccer, football. Soccer, oh. football. Let's uh, talk a bit of football. You know what I mean? Talk a bit of football. <laughs> don't do that again. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, boys, big talking point last week was. What's on the agenda for tonight, anyway? What are we? What are we diving into? We are. That's that's what I'm. That's what I'm going to dive into now. We're gonna. I'm gonna keep the listeners waiting. Yeah, okay. it's called suspense. We keep suspense. me waiting. And actually, to the to the 150 listeners we had last <laughs> week. Wait, thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you very yeah. much. We appreciate that. that 150 well, listeners. Huh? That's good, humbling. Good feedback as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone that uh, gave us some yeah, good feedback. Yeah, cheers, cheers for the love, guys. We appreciate yeah. it. Um, still looking for a sponsor. We've got weed and cashews here. Woolworths. Actually, no, we rip them off. We don't, bro. We don't. We pay full price. Woolworths. We pay full price. Don't chew into the mic, please. Yeah, I know. How unprofessional is that? Esposito, huh? The host of the show. The host of the show. Can we start talking about football? Let's get into it. Let's talk about cashews and Woolworths. Well, boys, last week, a massive talking point was the Socceroos. Yeah. They've... It's the, the process has been sped up quickly. They listened to us. I they feel listen. like, yeah, I they feel listen. like one of them was And you to called us. it as well, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, was David, surely David Dunham was listening. Actually, sure. he, he showed us, he showed us a, a DM. He slid into our DMs. Yeah. yeah. We actually had, we had, we had, no, we only had two listeners last week. Gallup listened 149 times. <laughs> <laughs> and Ollie's brother listened once. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, now nah, boys, they, so Bert Van Marwick. Good. Good, yeah, I was literally about to ask. Good. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm happy with it. Happy, I'm excited that yeah, it's yeah. been done. And exactly. We start making forward progress. Get thing, get the ball rolling on things. Yeah, well, it was um exactly like you know like, like I said I was complaining last week that it was it was taking so long and it has taken a long time. Yeah. Um, but we finally got there and I think he's the uh, the right option in the sense that um you know he already knows Australian football. You know he coached Saudi Arabia against us in the World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. Um, obviously has like a wealth of experience. Um, it was actually interesting to see Ange Postacoglu uh, actually came out in the media this week over in Japan um, they asked him obviously it's going to be you know he was obviously just the soccer coach yeah, yeah. asked him what his thoughts were and um, I've just got here him saying that you know the, the appointment made um, a lot of sense 
um, he said, you know, I'd be I'd be surprised. Which is interesting actually because we were naming them. There was a lot of like you were saying, what, how many coaches are in the ring? Are in the ring? There are a lot of foreign coaches. Are probably eight. Yeah, eight exactly. Well, Andrew said something here about. He said, I'd be very surprised if it was no bigger than a field of two. Um, but said, you know, it was the logical choice, just as I was saying, because he knew the playing group. Um, which is kind of, you know, it's always, I mean, he was always a real professional man, so it's good to see him, you know. Yeah, um, showing his support, yeah. Exactly, but the question that I have for you boys is, where does it leave the regulars? Um, a bit of a soccer is legend, Scott Chipperfield, yep. um, put out an article this week talking about how... The, the new appointment of a coach that, you know, isn't Australian, you know, hasn't, knows the Australian game, but not a lot, that this should give an opportunity to, like, the, the unknown socceroos or the wantaways. Mm. Um, you know, he even mentioned someone like, look, I don't know if he'll be there, but he even mentioned someone like Luke Wilkshire, who's having a belter of a season at Sydney FC this year. Yeah. But where does it put the regulars? Obviously, Tim Cahill still is under contract. Some rumoured he's going to Millwall, um, going back to his club. But do you think this is a... A positive thing about bringing, you know, of, of like, you know, a new coach, a new change that that he doesn't know our players. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's coming in. He lands in Sydney. I'm pretty sure on Sunday. So, obviously, it'd be like every A League game possible. Um, does it give a chance to, you know, um, you know, the, the young boys, you know, like the, even Daniel Azani's. I mean, Josh Bellante's probably been banging on the door for soccer. Yeah. Spot. Like he's been killing. He's been gaffing in the A League for like the last yes, two years. But yeah, the question is, where do you reckon that leaves the regulars? Because they've, they're under Ant for so long. It was almost like that, that feeling of, you know, I mean, like Robbie Cruz. I mean, in my opinion, wasn't fantastic at all. Yeah. But there was almost like that aura of com- you know, he was comfortable thinking, you know, I can, I can still go and have a ming and, you know, yeah, two, three. The squad becomes sort of stale in a way. Exactly, yeah. stale. Complacent as well, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, do you think this is a positive thing? Well, the f- the first question that I have is, who was our, who was the, who was a foreign, who was the foreign coach, the Australian coach. From foreign descent before Ange, was it Pim? Holger Ozik, Ozik, and then Ozic. was it Pim? Holger Ozik, yeah. Then then Pim, and then um, and then before that it was, was, um, was Gus Hitting. Right. Yeah, okay. Oh no, sorry, Arnold. Gus took over. Uh, sorry, Arnold took over um, after Gus at the World Cup. Then went Arnold. Then because he became like caretaker. Yeah, yeah. And then became the, then they gave him the job. Yeah. Then Pim. Then Holger. Yeah. But really, Ovidma took in a game. Yeah. Um, a bit, obviously. bit of a schmozzle. Now, he's um, Dutch, is that right? Yes. Dutch, okay. So is he going to bring in, do you think that he's going to bring in the Dutch philosophy? Or is he going to be looking at a, the, the style well, of football that we're looking to play in the Australian the, curriculum? Well, that's FFA what's been spoken in the week that, um, you know, he's almost going to ask that um, Ange attack it, you know, all cost sort of thing. Yeah. You know, taking it, he had that, that, that game plan of taking it to the best teams in the world regardless of what we had, like just... just Going after them, sort of thing. I wouldn't really call it taking taking it. No, but that's no, but that's what they called it. Like yeah. the way yeah, he yeah, played, yeah, they, yeah. you know, it was. I mean, yeah. playing the three at the back and so on. But, but no, that's that's the question I want to ask. Is you know, do you think it's a positive thing that the regulars will be put on notice now because there is a I lot. Think of everyone should be put on notice. To be honest with you, I yeah. think I think com- especially coming into a World Cup, every single Australian footballer should be playing at the best of their ability. They should not feel like they've got any any right to be in that squad unless they've earned it. You yeah. know, you're gonna have players. That have been around the traps, like your Timmy Cahill's, that doesn't have a club, you know, hasn't really been doing much, and he's obviously, I mean, it's just common knowledge. Even even for the casual yeah. footballing fan, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, I want to watch it because of Tim Cahill, and we may not know if he's gonna be in that squad. But yeah. in saying that, 
we also know that he's most likely going to be in that squad, right? Oh, of course, yeah. Can we bring there. up? Can we bring up the last, our last game, uh, the, the the starting eleven for that game? Yes, I think we've got it here, Lockie. What have we got here? So, so this is against um, this is when we played Saudi Arabia against okay. them. So we played in this game. We we had Yuri up top. Yep. Cruz on the left with Tommy Rogic and Aaron Moy. Yep. Lefty on the other wing. Yep. With Yedinak holding, and we got Branovic and Sainsbury in the middle with Milligan and Brad Smith on the flank, and then Ryan obviously in goals. Matt Ryan in goals. Okay, so when you look at that squad, right? There's not there's not really a lot of players that were I guess you can call them. Not, I wouldn't say the golden generation, but just just prior to the golden generation. Yeah. There's not many. Maybe Mark Milligan. Yeah, well, he was obviously there. Federici, Fed, Federici, you'd be, you'd be on the bench. Yeah. Um, or in the squad, so to speak. Yeah. But everyone else is relatively relatively new to that system. Yeah. Um, I think the worry areas for me with our Australian team is our left and right flank. I just don't feel like they work hard enough. Even up top, I just don't feel like they they, they work hard enough. The, the, the key players for us will be Moy um, and will be um, next to Moy. What's his name? Roggage, yeah. I think they're going to be vital for us getting anywhere in the World Cup. Yeah, but see, well then, but then again, like you go back, like Roggage is, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, his heart is wet cornflake. Yeah. You know, for three quarters of the season, yeah. like you know, he's always injured in and out, yeah, yeah. and that's what that's where I come back to, like Oli, and I ask you, yeah, you know, like that, you know, about it being a positive move in the sense that everyone's on notice now. Is that you were saying talking about how stale the squad got. Mm-hmm. And like someone like, you know, you're talking about Rogic. I, I think Rogic is, is a starter if he's fit, yes. if he's healthy, yes. Yes. and not injured. Um, but someone like Josh Belante, for yeah. example, like, like that's that being on being put on notice now. Like Belante should have been put in the squad months ago. Um, so, like, what are your thoughts? Or do you think that like what's yeah, I think. Forward, yeah, what's the what? What are the positive signs there for you? Well, I think it's a positive because yeah, as we said before, the s- squad becomes so stale, and maybe Ange has a connection, like you said, you know, Tim Cahill will probably be in the squad, but I think there's a, a sort of personal connection between Cahill and Postecoglou because of what Cahill has done for the squad over the last sort of you know how long has he been there now for the Cahill last sort of 10, yeah. 10, 10, 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Right. fourth World Cup. Whereas Bert Bert can come in. And sort of just has a fresh selection of players that, you know, yeah. he's just looking at a list of, you know, 30 players to sort of choose from, gets them on the training pitch and says, you know, impress me. So if yeah, they're from there... He doesn't care in a way. Of no, who he doesn't before, care. Because yeah. he won't... All he's going to do is see what happens yeah. on the training pitch and pick the best players from there. So I okay. think it's a, it is a positive opportunity for these sort of younger players or players who may have been neglected or overlooked by Ange to sort of step up and show that they're worth and deserving of a spot in that squad. And it, and it will it will increase that sort of competition spot. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you said before that Leckie probably doesn't work hard enough, you know. Another Robbie right Cruz winger. Is Robbie Cruz has been born offside the last 12 months. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, but cringe. Well, so, I mean, yeah, yeah well, it gives you, these... Well, who are some of these plays that we've, we're talking about here? So, Lockie, who have we got here? So, I mean, the ones that have been ousted, stale... Well, I mean, some players like Mustafa Amini, Brian Grant's obviously been out through injury, but he could come back. Musti, uh, banging on the door as well. Uh, players have been ousted, like Nathan Burns hasn't had a go since he had a bit of poor run of form. Adam Taggart, uh, Rukovica, Josh Belante, as you said before, oh, Zulo yeah. as well. Yeah, and well, I think the big one there on that list you've got there, even like someone like Terry Antonis. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he was 
touted to be like you know he's the next. He's been in the squad. Yeah, he was always the edge in the fringe. Yeah, he was yeah. fringe on the yeah, Asian exactly. cup. He was like yeah. the last man on the bench. But he hasn't been fired. You know what I mean? I but tell you what, who, as well, um, Danny Vukovic. I think Danny Vukovic deserves to deserves to at least be in the squad there. I think he. he I think he will be for sure. He's but. definitely done enough in Europe at this moment in time, and obviously the season that he had last year with Sydney FC was yeah. was was outstanding. So I think he's another player that should be included in that list. Um, as well, there needs to be. I feel like there needs to be a passing of the torch, so to speak. Um, I also think that bringing in these young players, you'll see a different type of football from us. Um, you, you know, we've sort of mentioned it so many times now already. The stale type of football that we've previously played, I think that predictable. Will, yeah, I think that'll be eliminated if we do bring in these Mustafa Amini, mm. Terry Antonis, Josh Brillante. Bring these young heads in because yeah. you know that these guys will die. Die, die on the pitch to play yeah, for Australia. It's their first, mm. their first chance. Exactly. It's like, um, that's what Ollie, like, I agree with what you're saying there um, about Bert being like, I don't care, you yeah. know, I don't give a shit who was here before. I want to yeah. see who's in front of me now. And it adds, like, that's a, for me, you know, like, you're talking about the passing of the torch and, you know, Lockie bringing up those players there um, from before is, like, Honestly, like, obviously, obviously, I want us to go there. I want us to go there, pick up nine points, you know, yeah, go through. But I wouldn't. I, I want to see us pass that torch on and let the blokes that have been have been firing at home go there. And, like I couldn't give a, I couldn't give a shit if we went there and got belted four 0 by by no. France. But if we go there and we, we play well and we yeah. perform, and you put players out there that want to really, like you're saying, want to like throw their body into everything, really That's play right. for their country. That's right. Like, because someone like, honestly, someone like Robbie Cruz, I know I've been hounding, but someone like Robbie Cruz hasn't, I've never seen him, when was the last time we saw him fly into a 50-50 challenge? Like, when we was, like, He'll have know, a good whinge about put it, it as well. Yeah, put, put his body on the line sort of thing. But, um, it's interesting, but it's, it is exciting. There is that aura of excitement. Yeah. That, because I think that if, if it was someone like Graham Arnold, he he already knows a yeah, lot of players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He already knows a lot of players. Yeah. He, he and that's not a knock on uh, Graham Arnold as no, well. No, he's I mean, a great he's, coach. He's the best coach in the A-League right now. Hands exactly, down, exactly. Exactly. But, um... Boys, let's move on. Um, I've actually got a little segment here. You can sit on your brain. Yeah, right. sit, on, sit on your brain. Um, sit on your mind. Sit, right? sit on your brain. Um, <laughs> um, for the remainder of the show, if you notice, this is the Who Am I section. Um, so right. I'm just going to ask you... Bit of a quiz. Bit of a quiz. <laughs> to sit in hey! the now, is this a competition between competition all of us? Between, no, well, not obviously, I know. Yeah, between the three of you. Yeah. So, if you get it now, you get it now. If none of you get it, let it sit in the back of your head. You can you can throw it out, right? Yeah, right. And, then, and for any of your listeners... Um, if we don't get it, and you guys get it, or even if we do get Surely it, and not. you get it... You can sure. come on the show. Exactly. <laughs> all right, boys. So, my Who Am I? My first ever Who Am I? You're Joseph Esposito. <laughs> hey! <laughs> hey! <laughs> I was born Sorry. I was born on the 2nd of May, 1975, in Leighton London, to Sandra and Ted. My best years were spent at Manchester United, where I once scored a worldie it's against David Beckham. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. I like it. Oh, yeah. No joke, no I joke. You said they were no joke. Espo spent at least 25 minutes oh, on his phone, writing it out. Oh, yeah, what a good one, boys. I'm going, I'm going. Yeah, see you, lads. <laughs> so is nah. that it? Uh, or are you going to Far out, man, that's... <laughs> 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 
Uh, next week, uh, you want to be like that? The way you, you know said killed it. Well. You know what killed that? The worldie. Sense. Sorry. The worldie killed it. How did I know he was going to know that? How many players scored world? Oh, yeah. Peyton Nichols. <laughs> Two worldies from halfway. Next week, <laughs> I'm going. Born in 1975. I'm, I'm going to go like someone from like the, the Ghana national team of 1944 or something. <laughs> Um, I know that like the back of my head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well that, that that concludes that part of the yeah. session. <laughs> yeah, well done. Oh, yeah. Good one. Um, let's just scrap that whole segment for next week, shall we? One and done. I didn't realise I was that good. <laughs> <laughs> I've got something lined up for you later, Ollie. Oh, uh, uh, the corker up. Bit now. more challenging oh, next week. Oh, uh, but uh, sorry, just before you move on, Espo, just in regards to the Socceroos job, um, so we've talk, spoken a lot about players. Could we potentially? This can maybe something for next week. Could we possibly discuss um, the soccer is eleven or starting eleven yeah. for or fantasy starting eleven for for our World Cup squad? All right, then I pose this question mm. for next week. Yeah, can you stop eating the cashews whilst we're on? They're good. Well, then why are they here? They're, they're here. Why did Rove McManus used to have a bunch <laughs> of Smarties or whatever that massive bowl? Did anyone actually eat them though on the show? The guest, oh, the guest, the guest did. He didn't eat them and oh, post the show. Off topic. I like them. Oh, no. The question right. about that that I'm going to pose, mm, talk to and me. this is for next week's show. Talk to me. For anyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> talk to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All the listeners at home, they're going to they're gonna tune into this. Yep, yep. I want them to drop us a DM. Mm-hmm. Slide in our DMs. Slide in the DMs. With their, with their, their thoughts on their best starting 11 for yep. the World Cup. Yep. Any players out there and the person who puts out the best why, like why this is the best team, yep. we're going to ring them up, and they can tell us on the show, yep. and then we'll go from there. Yeah, is yeah. that fair enough? Yeah, sure. yeah, of course, of course. So, anyone listening in? Criteria is, they have to be Australian, please. They have to be Australian footballers. It's it's just it's just a given. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're talking about the national that. team. Of course, of course, of course. But you're gonna have you're gonna have you're gonna have people that come in and they're gonna give players that they think are Australian but aren't. Oh yeah, I'm gonna put Bessard Borussia in my starting eleven. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'd have them in a starting eleven, but. I like it. Moving on, thanks, oh. Captain Obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a serious thing. It's a serious thing. Serious criteria. Anyway, right. yeah. What's the next topic? Moving on. Hit us up. Moving on. All right. Hit us up. Um, well, it's been a big one in the talk. Um, big talking point this week. In England, after me and Ollie absolutely jinxed, nah, it was all Ollie, it wasn't me, jinxed Liverpool, saying they were going to fly <laughs> through. Um, Ollie and, did and say it, he goes, look, watch this, we're going to get a result, and then I think it was me, but Ollie was like, oh, don't say it, don't say it. But <laughs> um, the big talking point that came out of that game was, obviously besides Liverpool losing, um, was the VAR. Hmm. Two, con- uh, two controversial moments. Um, the Mo Salah penalty and the Yol Matip own goal where what seemed to be the goal scorer was offside and they brought it to the play. Mm. They went to VAR and still was given. Absolute, obviously, chairs gone, heads gone. Yeah. Everyone losing the plot. Um, that's the first time, one of the first times, well, in that competition that it's been you know, brought in the VAR. Mm. Uh, obviously, we've been having... So much controversy here in the A League. Yes. For so long about it. Yes. People blowing up. I remember even though the first the first game they used it Sydney FC game against Newcastle Jets at the start of the season, yes. and Sydney got a penalty and it was controversial. And that's where it got the ball rolling. And so I'm looking at um, 
obviously stories here uh, on uh, SBS's website, The World Game, uh, about them literally saying to the FFA that it's got to go. Yeah. Uh, FFA's been in the firing line quite a bit, but it comes up quite often. It's even gone as far as in France. Um, thankfully, I only learnt this watching the, the highlight show on being, being Sports Club, actually. Yeah. That um, VAR has been suspended yep. in France okay. due to in a uh, Coupe de France and Coupe de Ligue um, ties. <coughs> there was controversy there massively, and there was um, issues with the technology, like it was it was stuttering, stuffing up during the match, and there was massive outcry, just caused so much chaos. So the kind of question, the discussion I want to have with you boys is like. Is it really needed? For me, I'm going to say I'm going to start off. For me, it takes... I hate it. Even when it goes, you know, my team's away, the teams I support away. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, yeah, it's nice, it's good. Um, you know, when you get the goal. Um, but it takes away, I think, from like the purity of football. Like the, yeah. the the human error. Even though, you know, we love blowing up at refs and everything. But it's that's it, it's all a part of what football is. Yeah, it's what it's we human, love. Yeah, it's what yeah. you almost love in a way. Uh, so... Yeah, is it needed? What I think is, when you look at other sports like like cricket and like tennis, where it's regulated and, you know, for me, for the most part, accurate, I feel like that needs to be incorporated into football. It can't be so wishy-washy, especially in the A-League, it's so wishy-washy where they'll go to the VAR sometimes, they'll go to the VAR when it's not needed, they'll go to the VAR when it is needed, and most of the time it's it's wrong and then we have issues like this. Why can't we implement a system where, okay, yes, we do have the VAR, have both teams have, let's say, two, like cricket or like tennis, you have two challenges or you have two yeah. attempts. Yeah, yeah. And y- if you see a challenge or if you see uh, a shout for a penalty or a handball in the box yeah. and the referee doesn't give it, then at the end of the play, you can say challenge or, you know, do so a cricket. No, I disagree. See, I don't mind that. It's a regulation sort of thing, like handing the captain, you know, the captain, say, might have two or maybe even one attempt in the whole game. Yeah. You know, if he feels like his player was unfairly brought down in the box and the referee doesn't give it, he can use that challenge to say, you know, I want that reviewed. Yeah. Which which means that they're sort of more tentative, you know, they've only got one challenge, so they're not going to say right. it. So giving the power to the referee allows him to sort of just go at it whenever he wants. It ruins the flow of the game, yeah. the excitement from yeah, the fans. Like, like, it's like it's, this is football we're talking about here. We of course, of course. It's, it's oh, also tennis, and it's also cricket. Yeah, but it's... It's also... It's, 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 it's so many... The VAR so many came things. around for one reason, originally. It, over years of controversy, you know, 2010 World Cup, when Lampard hit the bar, went in, went out, yeah. and then caught a goal. So many occasions, it was simply brought in, did the ball cross the line or did it not? No, but not... It, 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 it's 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 taking away the human error, the the natural part of football. The handball. If the referee sees it, great. I don't mind having a referee on the byline. Don't want to have a ref on the byline. It's it's like that. It becomes too. It becomes too modern. It becomes too. Yeah, but it's just, it's but just I, but it also it also it's takes crap. away the of the pressure of the referees too because Jose Mourinho will straight away yeah but Mourinho will straight away blame a game on the referee and absolutely grill them. Well, I think it's you know. It's pretty unfair. The referee has a lot of pressure on them to make the right decision in the heat of the moment. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of the that's times they're going to get it wrong. That's just and part it's, and parcel of football. Yeah, that's I what know. makes football so good. But they're, they're being pounded and pounded by these managers as well as the fans sometimes. And it's probably a little bit unfair. So then and you also, they bring in this sorry. to stop 
you know, them just grilling the referee. But yeah. I think you've got to take into account with the VAR, is it going to stop the decisions from being wrong or right? I still think if you have VAR, that's still, at the end of the day, the coach is still going to be blaming VAR. They're going to say, oh, VAR, instead of the ref getting it wrong, I think the pressure's going to go from the ref to the VAR. I mean, even and that's all the people want to talk. I think VAR has, like, two places, and that's either goal or no goal, like an objective test. If the ball went, like, we've got goal line technology now anyway, so yeah. you shouldn't need it for that. Or mistaken identity when the wrong player gets sent off. I think that's the only two. I think when it, when a VAR has to make a decision for a referee, you're taking you're taking his responsibility away. Exactly, that's what he's paid to do. He's paid. To, yeah. If he gets the decision right, he gets the decision wrong. That's just what it is. Even I mean, even when West Brom got those calls on the weekend. Yeah. Ah, sorry, not both of them. Got the Yong Matip goal. Even Alan Pardew came out. He won the game, and he said that, yeah, you know, it's great, but. You know, it takes away from you know being being an honest. Obviously, it's easy for him to sit back and say, obviously, you know, him being the winning team and all. But he sat there and said, you know, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, it takes away from football. I think it's. Yeah, but you look, you look, it's crap, man. No, honestly, there's pros and cons to to both sides of the stories, really. But yeah, I know, but it's just like, what do we? Look, you want, you want, look, any sport and any sport, you want team A versus team B, right? And <laughs> for the most part, you'd like to think that they're both at the exact same level, right? Just like tennis, you want both of them to be the exact same level most times, most times, right? So then it doesn't become yeah, about. Just, hold on, hold on, oh, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't become just about, okay, what who gets the court. Listen, you haven't even finished speaking, bro. It doesn't. Doesn't then become about, okay, you got two two players the exact same level. It becomes about who those players, who which one of them is better than the other, right? Not about okay, this guy got a, a call wrong, which means player A that may not be performing as better as good as player B wins even though player a is playing well and much better than player b you know when you have things like the var or the challenge system in tennis that regulates these things what's, yeah but yeah, what's the challenge system in tennis about was the ball in or was the ball out yeah not uh i want i want to challenge because i think he swore at me okay but or he he mouthed something not not no you're not gonna you're not gonna challenge something like that though you you challenge well, you're challenging you but you can't man. Tennis, tennis is, okay, is well, what's, okay, okay. So like, let's say in rugby league, what about the video referee system in, in, in rugby league? Not not that bunker thing. I, I don't know too much about rugby league, but that's what it is. The only time they don't go up, they don't um they don't go upstairs for uh well, only if there's a full blown brawl on. But with but, the, but with the rugby league, they don't they don't start from if if he's grounded the ball, if he hasn't grounded the ball, they start from the play the, the previous play and they start it from that play and see if the player's offside, if the player's done this, if he's been obstructed, yeah. all this sort of thing. No, that's, mate. But you want a fair result. You want you want yeah. a fair result. Yeah, but it can only be. But that's I'm saying. But that's the, mate. You can't go upstairs. Well, hold on. You're talking about rugby league. Then in rugby league, they can't go upstairs for a forward pass, right? That pressure is on the touchy, right? So when it comes to goals, if it's offside, all this, that pressure falls on on the on the touchy, uh, on the on okay. the line. Okay. No, hold on, I'm not finished. Yeah. Right. So if that's what they're doing in rugby league, and mate. There's tries scored where it's blatant the ball's gone forward, and the ref and the and the lino cops are after the game. But that's a part of his job. That's what he's paid to do. We're not referees aren't out there and mate like in the top leagues they get paid fantastic money. They're not getting paid fantastic money for have every single one of their calls go upstairs some bloke who's sitting in some chair watching some screens. It takes away the whole point. They get rid of the ref then. But, but let, let them play and then and then oh quick. He, what's he the hierarchy then? What's the can, if the referee says that's a penalty? Can VAR overrule him and say that's not a penalty? Yes. They can. Can if, he, if, if the teams have, if, if, why is he out there then? But if the teams have a challenge, 
if the teams have a challenge system, then they can they can they can they get they get one one attempt one or two attempts to to get it to get it right. Obviously, not for everything, not for like a handball on halfway. A a distinct moment in that game, game changing moment, like it. Like yeah, only in the penalty box. Well, say for example, in a penalty box, if it leads to a goal, for example, right. you know, like if, if the referee, right, let's bring it back to rugby league. If the referee has one small inkling that there might be something dodgy about this 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 um this try, he'll take it up to he'll take it upstairs, right? But that leaves it up to the referee, not the players. If you put it back in the players' hands, at the end of the day, they're playing, right? I understand the referee has a job and he can. Do his job, but you're pretty much saying the referee doesn't matter what the referee does; it's going to go upstairs to some boat. I mean, but what's the difference between the guy upstairs and the guy on the pitch? Because this is what makes football the best bloody game in the world. That there isn't all this technological crap. Referees doing this, referees doing that. The best but, thing but they can do, system, no, the best thing they can do is did the ball cross the line or did the ball cross? Did but there's so uh, many other factors before that, though. No, because. Then that, but that, then that pressure falls on the referees. That's what I'm saying. It falls on the line. But he's getting, but, but he's getting decisions wrong. It's, it's, then, he's, he's, he's making massive, massive, massive calls yeah, then, for massive moments in football. But then that are, nine that times are, out of ten, they wrong. get the offsides right. But th- that's that's the whole point. That's what builds the whole, you know, animosity, all the pressure. That's what makes football so good because massive games hinge on massive moments, and that's what makes that's what makes it but so. But you want, good. but you want a fair and, result though. Yeah. But you want a fair yes, result. And the fair result should be: did the ball cross the line or not? But it's not it. just about that. It's not just oh, about that. There are know, other yeah, there are other things that are I, involved in that, bro. I think, but in 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 the context we're in at the moment, I think we can all agree that the VAR at the moment needs a lot of work. Yeah, right now, right, right now, system. right now, the VAR system should be scrapped. I think it should be it should it should be <laughs> looked at. No, oh, I'm going. Listen, home. listen. Thank you should, for tuning no, in. The system, two, the system, the you system in right now. Bl- no, yeah, no, no, no. Listen, listen. The system that we have in place right now should be should be removed and reassessed. And regulated so that there is actual actual clear guidelines as to how the VAR is used. The system that is in place right now is not working. Will we find out there March two? FIFA sit down to decide if it's going to go ahead for the World Cup. At the moment, oh, supposedly they're backing it for the no. World Cup in its current format. They're backing it for the World Cup, no. but on March two, there's going to be a clear decision, yes or no. Yeah, okay. no. I guess we'll have to just wait and see, hey. So March two is the day. For me, if the VAR is there, it's going to give Joseph Gray hair. There's going to be a lot of. Oh, mate, I want just... the VAR there if it's simply going to be did the ball cross the line or did it not? Because at the end of the day, that's what we're that's about. Goal line tech. We already have that. That's just goal line technology now. Yeah, no, but that's what. Anyway. Anyway. Step. Hold on. Far out. What? You, you can't talk. You literally just berated it for the last fifteen. But yeah, it needs. And then you turn around and say, you know what? No. 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 I said the current the current VAR system right now needs to go because it's not it's not. Yeah, because I'm talking. <laughs> Sh- shut you up for five minutes. Um, no, the current the current VAR system right now is clearly doesn't work. It clearly doesn't work. So how it how it is right now should not exist and should be scrapped, reassessed, reevaluated to regulate how it's used and when it's used. The referee can't just turn around and go, oh yeah, there's a that, that's a challenge and halfway. Is it a red card or is it not a red card? Yeah, I think the World Cup's too big of a stage to gamble. I agree. I agree. Then why is there a fourth official there? You're bringing that up. Then what? Then what? To put the board up. No. To put the board up halfway. What happened to Zidane? 2006 World Cup final. He headbutted someone. Yeah. And then what? But the pressure was on the yeah. But the pressure was on the linos. They saw it. Yeah. And they made the call. They need to go upstairs. Some some flop sitting in an office. Because it was so blatantly obvious as what he did. We're talking about the finest margins of offside that change games. So it's minimal. I don't want to get into it. No, Sane. Then 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 why did that guy get away with it? 
yeah, I don't know. Obviously, there's teething problems with this VAR system, which is what Steph's saying that it needs to be, you know, filtered out. That's a lot of refs. So if you think about a World Cup game, we're going to have the ref, the two um, pitch side officials, the fourth official, and then goal line. Well, well you have that now in rugby league. You have that now in rugby league. You've got the tu- you got the what is it? Four touches. Yeah, you've yeah. got the referee in the middle, and then you've got the you've got two the, touches and two. They've got four. They've got two. Yeah, two in the middle, two on the two on the side. That's two four. in the middle, two on the side. That's four. Plus you said one four in the middle. Touches. I don't know what they are. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, really yeah, anyway. anyway, four refs plus the guy on the side, the back up, and then you and then you go in the yeah. box. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, yeah, four touches. Come on, bro. I don't know much. What do we want AFL do as well? Oh, what? How many are there? Up in Qatar, there's going to be 64 referees on the field. <laughs> one, one, they're going to stand in the two by two square space. You know what? Let's 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 give, ditch the, the, the sideline and just have referees around there instead of five. <laughs> oh, yeah, bounce passes. Yeah, why not one twos? <laughs> Ticket taker one twos. Oh, no, look, look, look. The only, the point that I'm trying to make, okay, and I don't think you're understanding, is that right now this VA system doesn't work and needs to be changed in order to be a, more aligned with systems that are already working, like tennis and like cricket. I understand that there cricket at the moment are having the, the, sometimes their 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 results aren't hundred percent, but with tennis they're pretty much spot on every single time. So I think if you regulate it like systems that are already working, I think you'll find that it'll be very beneficial to football and and nah. getting a fair result. Nah. I understand what you're saying. I understand your point in that it's um it's um very like you want you want that. Authenticity of the game, you want it all classy and you want it like vintage football where it's just one refereeing, two linesmen, and that's it. And you get that result, whether it's right or wrong. I think there's also a big, a big question I'm missing is do they bring VAR into FIFA? Into the next FIFA, FIFA 19? Oh. Is VAR going to be in the next FIFA? Let's say oh, that for next wow. week. That's a good we should one. put that to the list. Like we should put that to our list. I like that. Will VAR, VAR be in FIFA 19? I write that. All right, before, moving on. <laughs> yeah. My last point, okay. and it doesn't bring up any conversation. We'll just, what sort of career? Did Gat- would would Gattuso have had if VAR was around then? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Australia but, could have won. Uh, the I rest my case. Yeah, but, but but listen, listen. Even even um, uh, Cannavaro, same thing. Mm. Back then, you, the, the, this technology wasn't around. It's not, it's not. Was the tennis? So was the tennis? Was the did tennis have that system back then? Uh, they had John McEnroe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cannot be serious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, um, let's move on then. I'm. I'm sweating firing up about that. Um, Fuck, be fired up, bro. You're almost as red as that Liverpool jersey, bro. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think Ollie wants to take the floor now. Yeah, no, nah, so I, um, <clears throat> on, I came across an article today uh, written by a bloke called Ed Ahrens of The Guardian over in the UK about the sort of astronomical fees that player agents are now receiving <laughs> for transfers and that. So I thought it, you know, it could invoke you know, conversation. I want to get your thoughts on it boys you know the situation of how it all sort of pans out now mm-hmm. in the modern game because yep. I came across the sort of top five agents in the world is um, Jorge Mendes here he looks after Cristiano of course and Jose Mourinho you've got um, the controversial Mine Riola um, who looks after sort of Lukaku Ibrahimovic Pogba sorry who's Ronaldo with? Uh, Mendes Mendes right, yes. yeah. okay. um, I think he's got Neymar as well then there's the other three blokes is Jonathan Barnett Fernando Felicevic and Kier Drobachian Right. And so last year, quickly five times. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Practicing that one. <laughs> um, yeah. So last year, those five received a combined um, two hundred million pound each in fees and commissions. Right. Ooh, yeah. Right. Rail earned forty one million dollars from the Pogba deal alone, and that was from both parties, from Pogba himself, 
from Juve and from United. Yeah. So it sort of it brings up the top of that. Um, you know, what does this sort of bring to the modern game? Like, how different has it changed? You know, from where they were, say, ten years ago. Because yeah. obviously, the you know the money going through the modern game now is quite significant. So mm. I want to sort of get your thoughts on player agents or and whatnot well, on it. I guess for me, uh, from my perspective, is someone. So I've always, I've always no, forgotten yeah. um, Ronaldo's. Yeah, Jorge um, Mendes. Jorge. Always, he's made a lot of. I I like him out of out of those ones there. What I like about him in terms of the story with Ronaldo mm. is he spotted. He was a budding scout. Yeah. When Ronaldo was fourteen, fifteen, yeah. and he saw him then, got him then, believed in his development. Exactly. In a way. So well, they sort of thrived off each other. He was that it? classic. He was that classic yeah. agent. He is back. Yeah, probably the biggest agent in the world now. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, he looked after him. Yeah, we, he knew the right moves for mm-hmm. him at the time, and that's obviously a one-off case. Yeah, and he's still with him now. He's obviously managing one of his. I think I'm pretty sure like a real good close friend, almost like a yeah. mentor to him. In a sense. Yeah, um, and that's and you know he develops arguably the best footballer in the world. Nowadays, you know, I tell you, you know, in saying that, he obviously has made bucket load of money off yeah. as well yep. and that's just one but I'm sure there's players out there that Mendes has managed that were you know big one hit wonders mm. not one hit wonders you know big stars yeah. that were once like Kylian Mbappe made a massive move that was obviously money driven yeah and Balotelli okay yeah Bal- Balotelli is a perfect example mm. you know I honestly until until he went to oh, oh Made a bit of a name for himself at Inter, but when he went to City, that was massive, big money move. And I mean, he he showed glimpses here and there, and that but that trial game backfired. But mm. he, his career has gone on a you know a downward slide since. Yes, yeah. But uh, I think it. But his agents made the money off it. Yeah. And the thing that the thing that I don't like about these super agents now is there's been plenty of examples out there of players that have made these what seemingly been you know what are big money moves, mm. but it's not a career move. No, that's right. It's not a career move, and they don't care. And that's that whole modern game. That's that whole money talks. So where I think the money comes into it is that it's gone from agents becoming sort of brokers for a deal, believing in a player, and you know they get a, a little mentor, bit of a fee. A mentor. Yeah. yeah, mentor. But now they've sort of um, geared it as a way that these agents now become partners. Like, do you think it's a coincidence that Mino Raiola manages Paul Pogba? Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Romelu Lukaku, Mikatarian, no. and they all currently, I mean, by Mikatarian is he's gone to Arsenal and yeah, Sanchez the still, other way. But still, yeah. Is that a coincidence that all all of those players fall under Mino Raiola's thing? No, because he sort of developed a partnership with, you know, these players. And it, they're earning that much money now that I think the driving factor between getting a move for their players is now what it'll bring to their back pocket rather than the development. Exactly. So there's like a list, you know, there's. You know, players that have sort of made a move, maybe under the influence of their managers, who have pushed them in this direction, saying, you know, I believe this is the right move for you. So take, um, for example, what's his name? Wilfred Zaha. He moved to Manchester United from Crystal Palace at a young age. But the move obviously didn't work out for him. So um, Zaha's moved into a, you know, he's moved into the biggest club in the world, essentially, in Manchester yeah. United. This youngster, now, that was during the time of David Moyes' sort of, 
you know, everyone remembers what Moyes did at United. It was sort of a really struggling time. So um, Zaha's agent sort of telling Zaha to move into this team, I think it'll be a good career option for you, is so obvious that that is not the case. Yeah, you know, after yeah. failing Manchester United, do you really think a youngster's going to be able to thrive and develop in that situation? But obviously you sort of move for big money, in a sense, and I think that was the driving force behind his agent's actions, not the development and well-being of Wilfred Zaha's mm-hmm. career. Of course not. Right? Of course not. And these, you know, these agents have you know, a sort of duty of care to these players. Like, you know, all these boys grow up just playing football. So you know, their education about money and finances and that you know, isn't as good yeah. as you know, their agents, for oh, example. Gosh. So these guys have a duty of care to sort of educate them and push them in the right direction. And then... You know, a footballer's career is only so short, right? So what happens after that? Do they stick with them, support them and their family and guide them in the right direction after football or do they yeah. just leave them and move on to bigger and better yeah. things? Because they're taking up a spot on their books and if, you know, there's new younger players coming up, he's going to want to flick off his old has-beens yeah. to, move, to make room for his new, new players. Yeah. And I just think there is an obligation for these managers to look after them. And I just think it's being sort of overlooked by it's the. It's becoming fun. more and more frequent, isn't it? I yeah, it is. As, as the money, you know, as transfer fees keep ballooning outwards, you just see that there's more and more players that this is happening to where we're not accustomed to. I mean, you think of a player like Oscar. Yeah. Killing it in the in the Premier League for Chelsea, and then now, I probably haven't heard of him in the last year. Well, he's so. always been born like in the reverse, in yeah, a sense. Yeah. He was a world class player. Yes. He probably still is a world class player. Mm. He's killed his career as a result. Yeah, going down. Jackson, Jackson Martinez. Yeah. At yeah. one stage, they just move for the money. I mean, best strike, best striker, and you know, one of the best strikers in Europe. You've also got um Ross. Like we yet to see what's happened with this situation, but Ross Barkley. Obviously, his career went stale at Everton. Mm. So it just makes no sense him moving to you know Chelsea, who are in pretty good form, one of the best teams mm. in the world. He's going to need regular playing minutes to be able to you know kick you know re reignite his career hmm. so a move to Chelsea just doesn't really make much logical sense to me yeah, yeah. so who's behind well, that the question that I impose to everyone is that what is the role of an agent what is the role of an agent yeah. I feel like that needs to be defined first well that classic that, that's, that, that's that classic story yeah. of the Ronaldo story well, it needs to be see that that, that is, is perfect it's a perfect example of How the definition be. of what an agent should be an agent should be they scout players. They actively go out and scout players. With scouting those players, they say, "I believe, I believe in you. I, I'm going to speak to X, Y, and Z club because I would like to get you an opportunity there. I feel like this will be the best move for you, right? Then, let's say, for example, you go to the club, you sign a deal there. Obviously, that agent has been there to guide you along that way, mm. and they get a little cut of what you make." But right. it's, not li- it's not little anymore, and that's where the of course, of course, of course. But that's 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 where now nowadays it's now about agents doing very little but yeah. gaining so much from the players that yeah. are you know essentially moving their lives yeah. with their families and taking risks with their own lives and their own I guess career for the benefit of the agent rather than the benefit of yes. the player yeah, well, because the fees and commissions <coughs> that they earn from these transfers is so much more motivating than watching their client's career development. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's where the significant change is yeah. well, I think in someone, agent roles in modern football now. Well, I think and some, it just sort of adds to the corruption of the whole yeah. sport. I mean, you look at uh, Messi's um, tax evasion. That's the, that's, the question I was, that's the question I was going to ask. You know, Messi came out and said in the court, look, 
I put all my trust into these people that are on my team, his agents, his managers and whatnot, to look after this sort of thing. Because he goes, I'm here, I just play the football. And I put my trust into these guys to sort of keep me out of trouble and get those affairs in order. As That's what essentially what he pays his cut for. I mean, I tell you, I reckon he knew exactly what was going on, but his team and agents and managers sort of said, look, leave it with us, we'll sort yeah. it all out. And yeah, it hasn't yeah. worked. It's yeah, backfired. Yeah. Look, he got away with it, but... Because he was always going to his Leo Messi. But, you know, that's just a prime example of what goes on under the table with these agents. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's nothing we can do about it. I'm not saying that it's, you know, I feel like it bears a lot more negatives I than positives. I think there can be something done about it. It isn't enough of a talking point because there isn't a massive, you know, people aren't saying it. There isn't an uproar. Yeah, but, but there's just so much that happens. Like, look at the <coughs> Sam Allardyce thing, how he met with those supposed sort of agents as a way to convince them how to dodge around the third-party ownership rules. He's the ma- manager of England. Like, he was in the job for one week and was yeah. already having meetings about how to, you know, get a cut in this deal. Best and they busted him. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, a, you know, it's so obvious that there's so much corruption in this game. That's <coughs> right, excuse me. There, yeah, there can be something done about it. Will there? Probably not. No. But it's, you talk about... Um, the managers that sorry the managers the agents and how they've got five <coughs> six players mm. because the the issue there is there's so many you know they're they're so focused on just getting you know who's the best out there now we want them we want them we want them mm. and they take away the opportunity of fantastic yeah. football players that don't get seen finest example Jamie Vardy yeah you know <coughs> I'm sure there was once a time where oh he's proven it. But the agents there, they take up that, they, they, they saturate the market, yeah. in a sense, and that's what's... They create a sort of unfair monopoly market for these larger teams. Like United obviously have a little partnership with Rayola, and they just sort of come to him for the best players, and it, and it blocks out the rest of the Premier League teams in a sort yeah. of unfair way. But, you know... I just, I, I just feel like there needs, to be, there needs to be guidelines and, and regulations at a, at a global stage. Yeah. Because you see it here in Australia as well. Same thing happens here, where agents aren't out with the best the best intentions for the players. They're in the best intentions for their back pocket and what will make them the most amount of money, mm. rather than what will benefit the player's career. And at the same time, if you're doing your job correctly and you're benefiting that player's career, you will then gain from that player's 100%. that player's I. You know, growth and. I.e. Ronaldo, like it's the, it's a, we blow it, like I've said it a yeah. few times, but it's it's the perfect example as to what you're yeah. saying. It just needs to be that 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 whole story there just needs to be the curri- curriculum for how agents should be doing their job. Mm. Yeah. And but the money being siphoned into the game now has changed all that, and the system still stays mm. the same. And these players, these um agents are, are taking advantage of mm. that, and it's just yep, it's sort of becoming too much. I'm not I'm not one to say you know these agents should be earning x amount of money. They you know. If they can create an opportunity for themselves to earn as much as they want. But yeah. there has to be a regulation from FIFA or whoever is involved in it to be able to, you know, just keep it under wraps and yeah. stop it, you know, getting yeah. out of control. For sure, for sure. Well, boys, that wraps up our hot topics for the night. Now we have... And it is hot in here. It is. They're super hot topics, man. Wow. And... Uh, now we had Ollie before, you know. Look at me, I'm so good, you know. I David Beckham, David Beckham, David Beckham. David Beckham. Got like seven of his biographies. <laughs> He's got a. I'm tap. gonna put you on the spot now, mate. Go for it. Oh, I love Jesus, him. Look at him. Drinks, <laughs> drinks his water, puts it down. Gone. Give me a cashew. Oh, he gives me a cashew. 
Cool. We're getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it is time for. Are you ready? I'm always ready. Is that what it's called? The initial oh. installment of the quiz. Is it? This is the original. I've got to come up with a better name than the quiz. We'll work on it. Okay. <laughs> 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 the on the bench <laughs> quiz. How bad? Nah, we'll, we'll, next one. Yeah. We'll, next week we'll have a better name for it. But nonetheless, the quiz. <laughs> Oi, oi, I got goosebumps. Welcome back to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? A Millionaire? What's what's a million dollar question? Oh, not just million dollar question. Plural. I've got 10 questions for you. I'm going to quiz you about world football. Mm. (laughs) I'm going to quiz each review each week. I'm G. And <laughs> honestly, rec- honestly, Ollie, you, you reckon you reckon you're good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right, first one. First one. Here we go. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are you ready? I'm always ready. Three, two, one. Who missed? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh my uh, god! Oh my soundboard god. man over here. All right. Absolutely. Let's let's, let's try let's try that again. <laughs> Question one. Yes. Who missed? in the penalty shootout between Australia and Uruguay in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> Not so good now, are you? There's a Bresciano. He has an answer. And your answer is? Bresciano. Marco Bresciano is... Incorrect. He didn't even take a penalty. <laughs> that answer was Mark Paducah. Oh. Put it to the left. R.I.P. the Dukes. Uh, question two. <laughs> <laughs> question two. Who did Huddersfield beat in the championship playoff to make it to the Prem for the very first time? Ah. Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, his answer was Sheffield Wednesday. That's stinky, mate. It was Reading. Oh. Wow. Now, Ollie loves to call himself a big Liverpool fan. No. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back about 13 years. Ooh, that's specific. In the Champions League final of 2005. What a Champions League yes. final! Who scored the second goal for Liverpool in the greatest comeback in European oh, football history? Oh my god! Can I have the goal? Three goal scorers. Right? Can you give me the list of names, or do I just have to rattle it off? I can give you. Steven <laughs> Gerrard was one of them. Yeah. Then it was. Um, what are you going to tell me the end then? No, Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Gerrard. Yep. Xabi Alonso scored the penalty. Oh my Rare. god. And Vladimir Smitsa scored as well. Who scored? Who was it? Sandboard is quite Smitsa. What was the first name? Vladimir. We'll give him that one. Oh. I pretty much had to give it to you. I literally. Yes, Oli. Alright. Yes. Question four. So excited. Hold on, is, is Lockie going to press it again early? Oh. <laughs> I'm barring up. Uh, question four. Manchester City's club song mentions the blue what rising? Blue moon. Well done. Hey, the music didn't even kick in that time. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you'll get this one. Oh. I felt bad for you. <laughs> Are you setting me up here? or? Who scored the winning goal in the 2016 World Cup final? Ooh. 2016 
World Cup. Uh, 2014 World Cup final. Wow. 2014 World Cup final. Do your final. research, mate. 2014 <laughs> World Cup final. It was Mario Götze. Well yeah, done, well done, well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's an amazing one. one too. That's yeah, right. Got, yeah, no, that's right. I, I wanted to get you on the board. You know, mm. you know, at least you look half decent in last place. How many, how, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. How many correct answers have you had? Two out of how many questions? He has had two out of five. Out of five. Not bad. Rattle me bad. off. Come on. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. And question six: Who holds the record for the most consecutive games scored in the Prem? Jamie Vardy. How many? Ooh. I'm just asking you to ask. It was 11. Was it? Yes. But it was correct, yeah? Yes. Just quietly. Our soundboard guy's gone missing. Yeah. It's <laughs> gone missing. I, I think he got called to dinner. <laughs> I just had the rubbish out. <laughs> I mean, the miso's texting him, that's why. Ah. <laughs> Question, <laughs> 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 Question 7. Uh. Who did Ange Post, Postacoglu replace when he became the Socceroos coach? This came up earlier. No, I did. Stefan literally said it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to pass on that one anyway. Oh. Uh, that one was Holger Osik. Oh, right. Holger Osik. Number eight, another little poor related question. Who did Michael Owen move to after he left Real Madrid? He moved to Manchester United. Oh, you want to lock it in? No, that stinks. Oh. Come on, I'll it, give you a second. It's a Newcastle. Yeah, well done. Well yeah. done. I'll give you half a point. I'll give Thank you half you. a point there. We want three and a half points? Two and a half points. No, you you should know this one. Who is Manchester United's most capped player? Uh, Ryan Giggs. And to finish it off, question number ten. Who was the most capped player for the Socceroos? <laughs> is it Timmy? <laughs> <laughs> give me another go, give me another go. Give, give it, yeah, do you want to lock that one in? Hold on. Do you want to phone a friend? Don't phone me, I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> My phone's off. I'm out of duck. Out of credit, out of credit, out of credit. Don't call me. Surely. Come on, mate. <laughs> the music's deadly. Yeah. It's not bingo. Nah. I've been sent. I can't. I've been sent. Go on. It is Mark Schwarzer. Oh, oh, my God. That smells. That smells. Oh, wow. That was highly entertaining. That was highly entertaining. I can't wait to question the step next week. Oh, please don't. I'm going to get sent. It's going to be nothing but Anagi. Yeah, pretty much. Just keep that on loop. Boys, to finish off, predictions. Bit of banter. <laughs> the predictions we did last week. The games haven't been played yet. <laughs> so, so, what if I predicted last week? Oh, same this week. Same this week. So, Far we, we got uh, Swansea Arsenal. Who we got for that? <laughs> oh no, we did Liverpool Huddersfield. Liverpool. No, Huddersfield. you went. You went Huddersfield. I went Huddersfield. Liverpool. Yeah, I reckon a draw between Huddersfield and Liverpool. I've gone Tottenham over Man United. Kane double at home at Wembley. Well, home. Call it that. Uh, yeah. I stuck on a sports bet this morning, actually. I did Chelsea minus one. You don't condone gambling here. Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did it anyway. I'm on Chelsea minus one against Bournemouth. Ooh. And wow. an Arsenal to beat the Swans. Yeah, we think so. <laughs> We'd love to think so. And 
Stefan's looking at UFC fixtures. <laughs> yeah, it's a good card. The Brazilian card on the weekend. Uh, <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko. Oh, she's about she's, <laughs> she's she, yeah, pick her. Nah, um, football. Jesus Christ. Um, well, I predicted it last week. The same result as last week. I think I predicted Chelsea. Yeah, you went to Swansea over Arsenal. Swansea, I don't even know. Chelsea. I've got no idea. I've got no idea. Oh, good research. Thank yeah, I know. Huh? Chelsea, Far out. If Chelsea win United lose, they go, they go second. Mm. Very interesting. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but if Chelsea lose Liverpool, Liverpool get through. Yeah, so, so just quietly, just quietly, un un football sporting related topic. Anyone catch it? I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here yesterday. Uh, I guess it is sporting related because Bernard Tomic. Hold on, 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 hold on. Bernard Tomic. Why are you finishing the show like? But Bernard Tomic showed up on the on the on the in the jungle, right? But he tanked his qualifying match for the. For the Australian Open, there was a massive article about it, about him tanking it. And he's, he could be getting fined for it, or could be getting, you know, uh, what's it called, suspended or whatnot from the from the ATP. Honestly, honestly, check it what, out. What, so what, you're what, telling what? me he's picked. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here over the Australian over the Open. over the Australian Open. 100, 100. percent You can Google it. He he, he showed up at the thing we yesterday. Put that up at the start of the show. Who's he then? Anyway, oh, probably his dad. <laughs> probably his dad. Um, so I pick. I've got. Uh, when is it? When's the fifth of? That's this weekend, yeah. Yes, it or is. Monday. Yeah, um, next Monday. I've next got Monday. I've got my team Yulbert over Suswala. Wow. Three okay. three one. Right. Lovely, boys. Thank another show. Much. Good episode. Fun episode today. Yeah, I liked it. it. Went well. Uh, anyone listening? Same again. Drop us your thoughts. Tell us what you like. Be sure to message us your uh, your strongest Socceroos eleven and why. And. Oh, Steph wants. Oh yes, and please don't forget to follow us on Instagram and SoundCloud at On the Bench AU. Uh, boys, thanks very much for today. Uh, thanks. And, thanks for um, listening. We see appreciate you next week. it. Catch up next week. All That's right. It, done. Take it easy. Ciao. Ciao.